The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. TechTown Detroit is a business incubator and accelerator, helping tech startups and local businesses launch and grow. TechTown supports businesses with co-working, office, meeting, and event space. They also connect entrepreneurs to resources and learning and networking events in Detroit. TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. Hey everybody, happy Thursday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Very glad to have you with me today. And uh, over the last several days, I, I, I want to say I've taken one for the team here. I actually spent my time watching just about every minute of the testimony in front of Congress. I've missed a little bit, but I've uh, been watching it for the last couple of weeks. And obviously, if you listen to this program, you know I have some thoughts on all this kind of stuff, some opinions about this, but I got a question that was asked to me the other day that got me thinking. And so I think I'm going to spend a little time talking about sort of my rationale for doing this. And you may agree, you may not. But at the same time, it's important for me to get this stuff off my chest after putting up with this for the last couple of weeks, watching this whole thing. So sit back, give it a listen. If you agree with me, great. If you don't, I understand. It's okay. There's a very real possibility that's going to be the case. But at the same time, I hope I'm somewhat rational. Stick around for The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. Hey, thanks for checking out the show today. Okay, so I'm watching the Judiciary Committee over the last day uh, talking about these impeachment, the articles of impeachment, the two articles of impeachment, one for obstruction of Congress, the other one, of course, uh, for abuse of office. Lots of discussion that's been going on. I've been listening to both sides and listening to all the different arguments being made. I watched the testimony yesterday about the FISA process and whether or not the Mueller investigation or even the investigation into Russian meddling and the president's potential role in it was started properly. I watched that whole thing yesterday, and that was actually pretty fascinating. But I want to get to why I got to this place today. So I was having a conversation online with a friend of mine who's from a very different political persuasion than I am, conservative guy. My former neighbor, he now lives up north, um, and he's also been a guest on my program. He was a columnist, a guy named Rob Laurie. He's a columnist for Red State, among other places. He's been on the opposite side of the political fence from me for a long time. And he asked me a question the other day where he said, all right, we're talking about these charges. Um, He seems to think they are ludicrous on their face. He thinks the Democrats have made a very weak case for impeachment and that if they do this, they're basically weaponizing impeachment um, and taking away the true power that it has uh, basically by being a tool of last resort for very, very serious crimes. And I, I disagreed with him and that's fine, but but we're talking about it. And he asked me the question, he goes, is it just your intense dislike for President Trump that is driving your desire to see this impeachment moving forward? And it was an honest question. And I did a lot of soul searching over the last couple of days because I've made no bones about the fact that I do not believe that this man is fit to be president of the United States. And we've had these conversations. I have conversations with friends of mine all the time about this kind of stuff who disagree with me. 
I know how I feel about this guy. I didn't vote for him. I don't think there's any circumstance in which I ever would vote for him. And I can't imagine doing it. He does not have any of the qualities that I think a president should have. I don't think he has any compassion. I don't think he has any empathy. I don't think he cares about anybody but himself. I think he's materialistic, misogynistic. I think he's racist. I think he's a bad person. I do not like this president. And I've been open and honest about that from day one. About this guy since way before he ran for president. I've been watching Donald Trump since the 1980s. We know what kind of a person he is. And he got elected. I wasn't happy about that. At the same time, just like I wasn't happy when George W. Bush was elected, I said I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to see what the guy brings to the table. Maybe he will take on some of the qualities that we want to see in a leader. And for me, it's not just about whether or not the stock market's doing well or the economy is doing well. Of course you want those things to happen. And they have happened. The economy's been improving for the last decade. That's a big deal. In the 10 years since the crash, the economy has been consistently growing. We're almost to full employment. That is a wonderful thing. But I do not think that that is solely because of the president's policies. I don't give presidents a whole lot of credit when the economy's good, and I don't give them a whole lot of blame when it's bad. Things happen. Changes in the world happen. You have situations that can make that go. So I have more of a standard for the president of the United States than just whether or not my pocketbook is getting any fatter. It's not about that. It's about what we represent on the world stage. It's about the example we're supposed to be setting for the rest of the world. These are things that matter to me. I believe that this country has the ability to be a much better country than it already is. There are opportunities here that exist for people that don't exist in other parts of the world. And we should be proud of some of the strides that we have made as a nation. But admitting that we still have work to do and trying to do things that will indeed improve the lives, increase equality, increase equity. Those are all good things. Striving to be a better nation is what the United States is supposed to be about, what it's always been about. Exporting that brand to the rest of the world. Now, it doesn't always work out the way we'd like. Obviously, we've had some failures. But I always thought that the intent was good. Whether you agreed with the Iraq war or not, which I did not. Whether you agreed with the invasion of Afghanistan, I did not. I didn't necessarily think that that was the way to, again, export that brand. But putting pressure on countries, sanctions, leading by example, rewarding countries when they do the right thing, rewarding countries when they actually take steps to being more open societies. Those are the kinds of approaches I like. And I have not seen this president do that. Not in a way that makes any sense. In my opinion, he's about the photo ops and the possibility of big deal. I'm a deal maker. Well, it sometimes takes more than that. Sometimes it actually takes diplomacy and listening to people who have been doing this for a long time and figuring out which buttons are the right ones to push to actually get what you want. Now, I would love to see the president reach a good trade agreement with China. I'd like to see NAFTA improved. 
And I think the USMCA has the possibility to be a big step up and lead to some more manufacturing in this country, which would be a good thing. And if he gets that done and this deal gets through the Senate, which Mitch McConnell says it's not going to happen by the end of the year, but it likely will come up early next year. Hey, more power to him. But I can't ignore what's been going on with Ukraine. I can't ignore the allegations here about what he allegedly has done. And I say allegedly because we have not yet had a trial. That will come up in the Senate, at least we hope it does, if indeed the articles of impeachment are passed, which we expect to happen early next week. That's going to be the opportunity for witness testimony. That's going to be where all the rules of the courtroom hopefully will be applied by Mitch McConnell. We'll have witnesses on both sides. We'll have rebuttals. We'll have cross-examination. All these sorts of things are going to matter. I'm listening to the arguments over the last couple of days. And yeah, I don't like President Trump. But I also think that what he is accused of is impeachable. And I think it's a dangerous precedent. That's why I'm in support of what the Democrats are doing. Even though I worry that this is the kind of thing that could have political backlash for them as we go to the polls next year. But you cannot afford to do nothing. You can't just be paralyzed with fear about what's going to happen at the ballot box if you indeed do what I think is the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing means sacrifice. Sometimes doing the right thing means that you get punished. Sometimes doing the right thing means that other people laugh at you or scorn you. But it's the right thing to do. Democrats have to do something. You cannot let this stuff stand because if it does, what would stop him from doing it again? And I'm sorry, I'm not buying this thing that he is some sort of anti-corruption crusader. Look at the man's history and tell me that he's an anti-corruption crusader. An honest look at who this guy really is, what he has been about his entire professional life. Nothing about it suggests to me that he is an anti-corruption crusader. This is not Harvey Dent in Batman. This is a guy that has found a way around a whole bunch of rules every step of his life. Found a way to either sue people out of his way, cheat people out of his way, scam people. You've seen what happened with his foundation. You've seen what happened with him stiffing contractors. This is not a guy who is a Boy Scout. He's just not. And most of you voted for him for that exact reason. He's not a Boy Scout. That's why you supported him. But now you're acting shocked, shocked that this guy's behaving like exactly who he showed us he was. And in this situation, you're hearing all these people coming to his defense but and suggesting that, well, okay, hey, look, yeah, he had this stuff, but there's no crime there. He didn't do anything bad. He was just trying to ferret out corruption on the Bidens. Well, that's not true at all. From what we have seen, from the testimony of a bunch of people who were involved in this process, sworn testimony that this is exactly what was going on and everybody was in on it. Everybody was in the loop. That's what Ambassador Sondland said. 
everybody was in the loop. They all knew exactly what was going on, why the aid was held up. And it wasn't because Burisma was this awful company that they just needed to get to the bottom of this. No, it's because it would make Joe Biden look bad. They would have something, something to smear him with at a time when he is leading the president in head-to-head polls. Recall, recall that they didn't even necessarily want the, the investigation into Burisma and Biden done. They just wanted it announced publicly. So they could say, well, look, the Ukrainian government says they're investigating this slimeball Joe Biden and his son. Yeah, Hunter Biden shouldn't have taken that job. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't blame anybody for running after that kind of money. But at the same time, yeah, it doesn't look good. And it's not the kind of thing you should be doing, even if he did nothing wrong while in that position. It doesn't look good. It's not a good look, period. Nobody is going to argue that point that this was a good idea for Hunter Biden to take that job. That doesn't necessarily mean he did anything wrong while he was there, and nobody has found any evidence that he did do something wrong while he was there. But that's not what the president was concerned about. Take a look at what's going on with Rudy Giuliani and the guys that he was hanging out with, Igor Fruman and Lev Parnas. What the heck are they up to? Those guys have been indicted. Story out today. The U.S. government, in their filing against him, is claiming that he had a million-dollar loan from a Russian. Or some sort of payment, they're not sure, but he didn't disclose it, so they're actually asking for him to be held in jail while he awaits trial. Meanwhile, Lev Parnas' attorneys are basically dangling him out there as a possible witness in hopes, of course, getting some sort of immunity for him in exchange for some testimony and some knowledge that he has about what Rudy Giuliani, Lev Parnas, and Ira Fruman were up to. The Southern District of New York is looking at Rudy Giuliani's role here and also wondering whether or not there were some personal business dealings on top of the political mission that he had here that he was looking at. And was he using his position as the president's personal attorney to enrich himself in a potential gas deal in Ukraine? Lev Parnas, Igor Fruman, both trying to get involved with a gas company in Ukraine. That's what the Southern District of New York is alleging. So yeah, would would I like to hear from those guys? You bet I'd like to hear from these guys. And everybody says, well, the president hasn't been able to put up any defense. Well, they haven't put up any defense because he's not let any of them speak. None of them have been allowed to testify. In fact, he ordered people not to testify. Why? If indeed they have some evidence that is going to exonerate him in some capacity, I really, really wish they would put it up. Because as a citizen of the United States, I would love to get to the bottom of this, find out exactly what was going on. And if it catches a whole bunch of people doing bad stuff, guess what? That's what's going to happen. I have a feeling there's a reason they don't want these people testifying. That's just my thought. But I guarantee you, all of America would like to hear from Pompeo, from Mulvaney, from Giuliani, from Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. I have a feeling we're going to hear more from these guys in the future, but not as part of this process. 
And people can say, well, they can't testify. It'd just be a perjury trap. Well, guess what? When you tell the truth, it's really hard to commit perjury. And if you honestly think that that's not what you were doing, you weren't involved in any sort of shakedown or quid pro quo or whatever you want to call it, bribe, extortion, I would want to be the first one up there trying to clear my name. But the fact is, we've got to take a look at this. We have to get to the bottom of this. And I don't think the Democrats have the choice of letting it go. You cannot just let this go. You can't. They have to do something. This is the one remedy they have if they believe that a president has violated the oath of office, basically. His oath to the Constitution. And using his power for personal political gain, in my opinion, is an abuse of that power. I think not allowing people to testify, refusing to answer subpoenas, I do think that that is obstruction. And I know a lot of people who are really on the side of impeachment would love to see more charges brought, brought upon more things. There's so many other things that we could look at over the course of this presidency, whether it's emoluments issues and his family and their business dealings around the globe that could be looked at as well. But right now, they're looking at this Ukraine issue. They see it as cut and dried. And notice how the defense has shifted over the years. It used to be, it didn't happen, it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Well, maybe it did happen, but it didn't happen the way you think. Well, it did happen the way you think, but it's not a big deal. Now the defense is, well, every president does it, and therefore there's no problem here. That is just not true. And the lies and the distortions and the people just basically twisting over, bending over backwards to find new ways to somehow somehow suggest that this president is just a patriot who loves his country and is just trying to root out corruption because that's the kind of swell Superman guy he is. And that's what I was hearing this morning. I'm not buying it. When somebody shows you who they are, who they are believe it. President Trump has shown us over and over again who he is. Many of us choose not to believe that's the guy he is. Or you support him and you don't care because you like the way he's shaking things up, whatever. But you cannot ignore what has gone on here. And you can't say that everybody else is lying and this is the only guy telling the truth. You can't say that the entire news media is getting everything wrong and any bad story about the president is just fake news. You can't ignore the fact that the man has lied 13,000 times since he's been in office. You can't ignore the fact that he makes up new stuff when he's at these rallies about the people that he doesn't care about. Things that can be fact-checked. Things that can be proven. So the guy who has spent the last three years of his life lying while in office is trying to get you to think that this is the one time he's not doing it. How? How? How do we accept this? How do you let that go? How do you turn the other cheek or just forget about it? How do you turn a blind eye to what is a clear pattern of behavior? Deception, manipulation, bullying. This is who the guy is. And if you're okay with that, 
All I want is for you just to tell me that you're okay with it. That you don't care. And if that's the case, God bless you. I can't do anything about that. But if we can't even be intellectually honest about what's really going on here and who this guy is, then we're never going to get anywhere. The guy has shown us who he is time and time again. And every single time he says, no, that's not me. I'm not that guy. He is. He is that guy. And the Democrats are doing the one thing they can to put that guy in check. Whether it's the right thing, whether it's going to hurt them politically, we are going to see. But they can't afford to do nothing. Because the one thing that the Democrats always struggle with is looking like they're spineless. That they don't have the same guts that the Republicans have when it comes to standing up for your positions, even if potentially you're on the intellectually wrong side of an argument. The Democrats need to fight harder, everybody says. Well, they're fighting pretty hard right now. I don't think they have a choice. This is something they have to do. Because if they don't, they're going to earn that spineless moniker that they've been carrying around for a long time. They have to do this. Because if you don't stand up to this guy, what's next? I'm not suggesting he's going to be removed from office. I don't think he is. I think the Senate's going to hold a trial. It's probably going to last a couple of weeks if we're, maybe. There's even some discussion now that they may just basically put up a vote without taking any witness testimony. And if that happens, well, then we know everything we need to know about the Republicans. And the rule of law. And how they feel about it. Because we've been hearing a good game. Well, we want to call witnesses. We need to keep investigating. We need to get to the bottom of this. Well, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity very, very soon. Now, whether you avail yourself of that opportunity remains to be seen. But I'll tell you this. If the Democrats didn't do this, I'd have a real problem. Thanks for checking out the show today. Tomorrow, the week that was on Deadline Detroit, Nancy Derringer, myself, and Alan Lengel will be back, plus a special guest. Uh, and we'll, of course, talk about everything that's been going on this week, both here in the state and around the nation and everywhere else. So that's always a fun segment. Hopefully you'll check it out. I always appreciate it when you do. Don't forget, you can send me a note. If you disagree with what I said today, you think I'm wrong, send me a note. Let me know. By the way, my friend Rob Laurie, who I mentioned earlier on the program, I'm going to try to get him on next week. Uh, so we'll have a little debate about this kind of stuff. He's, he's a friend of mine and somebody whose opinion I actually value, even if I don't always agree with him. doesn't matter. We're still friends. Because guess what? You can do that. You can still be friends with people. Treat them with respect. All that kind of stuff. This can still be done, even though we're dealing with this political hotbed right now. It can be done. So I'm trying to get that set up for next week. He's up in Traverse these days, so we've got to work out a couple of uh, internet logistical issues, but I think that's going to happen. So we'll probably do that in advance of the actual vote uh, in the U.S. House on impeachment. So that'll be coming up next week, I hope. 
All right, have a great Thursday, everybody. Again, the Craig Folly Show at gmail.com is my email address, the Craig Folly Show at gmail.com. You can send me messages on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, all that good stuff as well. Look for us tomorrow. We're going to live stream it on Facebook at about 1130 tomorrow. And of course, I'll make it available as a podcast as well and a video on DeadlineDetroit.com. Thanks, everybody. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.